Hello teachers, I am Life Coach Amberlynn. Welcome to my podcast, the only podcast using neuroscience and self-coaching strategies to rewire your brain to get the results you want inside and outside of the classroom. Thank you for listening. Before I begin this podcast, I want to really take the time to thank all of the teachers out there. From RTI teachers, special education teachers, general education teachers, paraprofessionals, instructional assistants, school psychologists, speech pathologists, our principals, assistant principals, school counselors, and not in that order at all. And all of the staff that works with students, all of our students. I want you to know that teachers are my people. I see you and I know all that you do for our students. I have been a special education teacher for eight years, serving mild, moderate populations, serving as an RSP teacher, special day class teacher, education specialist, and currently an ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder, academic teacher, supporting students who have behavioral challenges that impede their academics in the general education setting. I work closely with my general education colleagues to support all students. Prior to becoming a teacher, I was an instructional assistant for over four years. I have seen it all, and I have worked with everyone on those campuses in a variety of easy to, in a variety of ways to support students. I have worked with parents, counselors, psychologists, occupational therapists, behavior specialists, and speech and language pathologists, APE teachers. I have two credentials, my general education credentials, K-8, my mild moderate teaching credential, K-12, and a master's in education. So needless to say, education is my second home, my home away from home. Sometimes in this podcast, I will say my kids, and I'm referring to my students, but yes, I call them my kids. I take my job seriously, and I know it matters. So I know how hard you work. So educators, this episode is for you, along with parents or anyone else that has has or does work with children. Also, if you have a human brain, you'll be able to take away something, so stick around. As you listen to this podcast, I want you to know, I know everything is not all butterflies and rainbows, and I do not think it is supposed to be or should be. I do not believe we will always have positive thoughts or positive experiences with every student all the time because we all have human brains. But I do believe that as the adults in the situation and as an educator, it is our responsibility to ourselves and our students to really dive into how we are showing up for ourselves and how we are showing up for our students. The classroom environment that we are currently creating. Being reflective. Thought work and learning about the brain has really changed how I think about students. How I think about their behaviors, their reactions. How I think about parents and their behaviors and their reactions. And even colleagues, our working relationships and their reactions. So these next several podcasts, I'm really going to be diving into that work that I've been doing and that I have done. I want to support teachers and students. 
I want to help coach teachers so that we can truly be there for kids. Kids have been at the center of my heart for all of my life. In today's episode, I'm going to be teaching about our brain and how teaching students about their brain is so empowering and so important. So let's first talk about our brain as a teacher. (laughs) When I ask you, what do you think about yourself as a teacher? What are the first things that come to your mind? Later, you should do a thought download and write it all out. Write it all out on a piece of paper and see what being a teacher means to you. Or if you're in a place where you can pause this podcast and do that, take the time and do it. When I first started my journey as a, as a thought leader or my thought journey, I had a lot of self-limiting beliefs around me as a teacher. I had the belief that I wasn't good enough, no matter what I did. I wasn't a strong leader. I didn't micromanage my staff well. I wasn't strong, quote, enough in student behavior management. If I had to ask for help, I wasn't doing my job. If I took a sick day, I wasn't being the teacher that I wanted to be. If I took a mental health day, I would feel guilty about it. I'm a slacker. If I didn't stay late, I couldn't call myself a dedicated or hardworking teacher. I thought to be a hardworking teacher or to be able to call myself that, I had to work above and beyond my contract hours. I still do, but it's down to two days a week. I had to say yes to everything and everyone who asked me for help or needed me to do something. And none of these thoughts were serving me as a teacher or producing feelings that empowered me to be the teacher and the woman I really wanted to be. Those thoughts filled me with shame, failure, insecurity, guilt. And then from those thoughts, I shamed myself into exhaustion, mentally and physically. I was constantly rejecting myself because I wasn't good enough. I didn't value myself as a person, let alone as a teacher. And that created such feeling of overwhelm with my expectation of what a quote good teacher was that I was constantly stressed out and overwhelmed. So take time to really journal this out, write it out. How would you define a good teacher? How would you define a successful teacher? And how would you define a happy teacher? And after you write out all of those definitions, which teacher do you think shows up best for themselves and for their students? Before thought work, before self-coaching strategies, before learning any of this stuff about my brain, I thought a good teacher got to work early, left late, They complained about their job because if you don't complain about it, no one will know how hard you are working. I thought a good teacher responded back instantly to parent communication at all hours, colleague communication at all hours. A good teacher took her job personally, which meant taking everything a student did or didn't do 
everything a student said or didn't say, even everything a parent said or didn't say means something about me as a teacher. If a parent had a problem with me, it's because I wasn't doing a good enough job or I should have done it differently. I took other people's thoughts and opinions and actions to mean something about me. And then I said they caused my feelings. I was constantly giving away my power, but I didn't notice it. I didn't realize it. I had not begun my journey of really understanding how the brain works. Before thought work, I thought a successful teacher was a perfect teacher. You know, the teacher who spent all of their time in her classroom, making it look perfect, delivering Pinterest lessons, best artwork on the wall. She was always on her schedule. Her students always progressed. Her students always were well behaved. Parents always were in her favor. Sound familiar? <laughs> I defined a happy teacher, well, I didn't actually have a definition of a happy teacher. I guess to me, a happy teacher was really someone who just had a quote, good class. You know, students that listened and were respectful and followed every direction a teacher said. I also had a manual for how these teachers felt and thought about their job. I learned later that a manual is like a script or an instruction book for how people should react or act or speak. So a manual, these manuals that I thought these teachers had is I thought these teachers always loved their job. They always had energy. They were always positive. They were always prepared for everything or anything. Now, does that sound realistic? Does that sound like expectations? that we should ever have for anyone? No, but that's what our brain does to us. In what world would I ever consider myself to be a good teacher or a successful teacher with these definitions and these impossible checklists? My subconscious narrative and expectations I had of myself always left me feeling stressed out overwhelmed, ashamed, not enough, a failure, or not qualified, or not prepared, and not successful. But then I learned about our brains and about how they work. I learned that our brains are wired to do three things. Conserve energy, increase pleasure, and decrease pain. I learned that my brain, like most human brains, have a pre-programmed thought pattern. Mine was in very, mine was in every story that I wasn't quote good enough. So then I was always trying to prove I was good enough. And how was I proving it? Proving it through overaction, overworking, overproducing. And did this make me feel good, good enough? Absolutely not. It left me still hustling for my work feeling overwhelmed and stressed out and exhausted. I was so exhausted. I learned that my brain as a woman has also been socialized to prove my worth, to be quote nice, to accommodate other people by being a people pleaser, 
other people being parents, administration, colleagues, and to essentially never find my value within me, but always outside of me and what others thought of me. When I found thought work and life coaching strategies, I had my work cut out for me. I started with wanting to redefine my value. I wanted to redefine a good teacher. I wanted to redefine what a successful teacher was. And I wanted to be a happy teacher most of the time because I am still a human living a human life that is 50% uncomfortable emotions and 50% comfortable emotions. So what did I do? I journaled. I took a look at my self-limiting beliefs. I recognized and stepped into awareness of these patterns that my brain narrative had. I realized that my value was within me. Say it with me. My value is within me. I still practice these thoughts on purpose to continue to develop my belief that my value as a human, as a teacher, as a mom, is within me. Nobody can take it away. My value is inherent. It is not outside of me. And I cannot action my way into being the best teacher. I know half of you just went like, yes, you can. You can take an action to be the best teacher. But it's just not factual. If you do not find your value within you, within you, inside of you, just as you are right now, you will never be able to take enough action to feel value. Because you are putting your value on production and on the standard of production that keeps moving. When you are acting from a place of not enough, you create the experience of not being enough. So you will never be enough. So the first thing that we can do for our students is to know that we are enough exactly how we are. Our value is within us. And teaching students the same. Another huge lesson for me that I had to learn was how to apply that my brain, which also means your brain, which also means any human brain, is not always a reliable truth teller. Do you know what that means? Your brain is not always telling you the truth. What? I know. Your brain is not always giving you truth evidence. This blew my mind. Our human brain is wired to collect evidence for things that we, we believe to be true. So if we think we aren't good enough, our brain will gladly and constantly collect evidence to prove this to be true. If we think we are never enough, our brain is constantly collecting evidence to prove this to be true. If we think someone doesn't like us or someone is not respectful or someone is rude to us, your brain is constantly looking for evidence to believe this to be true. This blew my brain. 
It still does sometimes. Because I want to trust my brain. You would think that it is my brain. I should be able to trust it. Well, that's just not the case. And that's when I taught. I was taught that our brain is not always a reliable source. It is not always feeding us accurate information. Our brain is wired to categorize and alert us of perceived threats. Our brain is not always providing us the actual facts. It has been trained. It is pre-programmed thought pattern. Its subconscious narrative is not always a reliable source in telling us accurate information. So guess what that means? That means it is our job to listen to what our brain is actually telling us. Question it with curiosity, not judgment. And then it's our job to talk back to our brain. If we are not talking back to our brain, then we are not managing our mind. If we are not managing our mind, we are not engaging our prefrontal cortex. And if our prefrontal cortex is not doing the heavy lifting, that means our amygdala is. And if our amygdala is leading us, then we are in constant reaction mode. And making every little thing mean something about us. And this just is not serving us or our students. If we are always in a reactive mode, believing what our brain is telling us, and we are not choosing thoughts on purpose, then of course we feel stressed out, overwhelmed, and exhausted. So guess what? If your brain is not always a reliable source about you as a person, your brain is not always a reliable source about the students in your class. Let me say this again, because this one is hard. If your brain is not always telling you the truth about you as a person, your brain is also not a reliable source about the students in your class or what you make their actions or responses mean about them or what you make their actions and responses mean about what they think about you. So on the next episode, we will talk about labeling our students affect our thoughts, which create certain feelings, which make us take or not take certain actions that create the result we have with our students in our class. When you are open to the possibility that your value is inherently yours because you are human with a soul and you do not have to prove anything to yourself or anyone else that you are inherently deserving of value regardless of production, regardless of accolades, or regardless of others' thoughts and opinions, this is when you will see a shift. You will start to show yourself more love and compassion. When you show yourself more love and compassion, you create different feelings, and those feelings create actions out of love. When you do things out of love for yourself and others, those actions feel differently than the actions taken out of shame and self-judgment. 
in scarcity. So after all my work, I wanted to be a rested teacher who was content with feeling all emotions and mentally ready to show up for my students in the way they needed. In order to be this kind of teacher, I had to redefine successful teacher, good teacher, and happy teacher. So my definition will not work for you. You have to find what you want these things to mean to you. I will still share how I do this. I go into work early two days a week and I leave on time four days a week. I don't respond to emails as I receive them. I allow myself to be present at home when I'm at home. I exercise three days a week when I schedule it. And I mentally know that I am the only one responsible for my thoughts and my feelings. I practice thinking thoughts on purpose to show up for myself and my students. I always have my back. Of course, I am human with a human brain. And there are times that I don't want to stick to my schedule. I didn't manage my time well, and I don't follow my schedule I created. But I show myself compassion and love and know that I am human. And I pick up and I start again. When I feel resistance in my body and my brain to not follow my schedule, I know this is my brain trying to conserve energy, decrease pain, when my primitive brain wants to take a look or response from a coworker to mean something about me or a student's behavior or response to mean something about me, I remind myself their actions do not mean anything about me. And oh yeah, I have a human brain, so this is how it's going to respond. But I'm going to feel my emotions and choose how I am going to respond and what I am going to do. I am constantly practicing feeling all of my emotions, even the hard ones. I am learning to own and take responsibility for my lack of patience, my frustration, my feeling of not being respected. And then I teach my students about their brain. I teach them about their amygdala and I teach them about their prefrontal cortex. I teach them how powerful and empowering thinking thoughts on purpose can be and how it generates different emotions. And from those emotions, we take certain actions or we don't take certain actions. They absorb it and it makes sense to them because they can see how the brain plays out right in front of them. So go and feel your feelings. Go and define what kind of teacher you want to be and be it. Because you are amazing exactly how you are right now. Your value is inherent. So go be awesome. Thank you for joining me today. If you are a teacher like me looking for a community to learn more about neuroscience and self-coaching strategies, then you have got to check out The Lounge. The Lounge is my membership community filled with teachers just like you, learning neuroscience and learning self-coaching strategies to empower themselves inside and outside of the classroom. If you would like more information, go to www.iamtheteachersbraincoach.com. I look forward to seeing you. The Lounge is the place for you.